0: when i think about technology when i think about anything where i want to start is well is it helpful and why is it helpful or is it is the destroying an aspect of your life and why is it doing that
1: you're listening to absurdity with ryan becker the podcast where we embrace the absurdity of everything From here, we can move conversations forward by learning how to communicate effectively, listen intently, and love patiently. Welcome to Absurdity. Hey guys, Absurdity is back, and yes, you heard correctly. We actually have an official Absurdity intro, and I want to thank Justin Janetsko for creating the track from scratch that we uh, now have is our official Absurdity background music for our intro, for any transitions, anything like that. You're going to hear that track. So I hope you like it. Uh, Super excited to have it as uh, a part of the Absurdity and and make it more official. And also, if you haven't checked it out, our website has been updated. We have a new logo. We have a new website design. And uh, we also have a new podcast host. So if you experience any technical difficulties with the podcast, uh, that's probably just because we're having some issues as we merge or 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 migrate all of the pre our prior episodes to the new host but really excited to have absurdity going again this time uh we will not be back in seasons i know that we had season 1 and season 2 that's not going to happen anymore uh my goal is to release this uh, episode or release this episode and, and all all following episodes just one after another and so it'll be week after week, every every single week, we're hoping to have a new episode out. Uh, today, we have Justin Janetsko, the man who created our intro track. Uh, he is going to be on to talk about technology, specifically our screen time technology, like phones, computers, TVs, that kind of thing, uh, and how we can be a better stewards of that technology. Uh, and, you know, th- I think this is a needed conversation. I think it's one that we don't have enough. I think it is... Something that is incredibly valuable. As as we talk about some of these topics on absurdity, sometimes it may feel like it's absurd to even have to have these conversations, Uh, or maybe absurd like why are we questioning this? And I think it's important to question pretty much everything, Uh, and and to go down a path of saying is this something that is actually beneficial for me? Is this something that is good for me? So I really hope that you enjoy this conversation with us. with Justin and as we as we try to navigate these waters, and here's what I do want to mention to you: neither of us are trying to downplay the significance of technology. We're not trying to harp on anyone for misusing it or, or get on anyone's case. While I do think there's a, while I do think it's important to call each other to accountability, I'm not trying to say that parents have been parenting wrong or. Justin is not trying to say that that we should just get rid of technology altogether. That is not at all what we're trying to do. We are trying to just ask the question of how can we use technology better in our lives. That's really what we're doing. And so, I found value in technology. Everything I do kind of revolves around technology. I record this podcast with technology. I handle all of my business through my computer and my phone. I write all of my sermons through Google Docs. Like technology has been a significant part of my life and Sometimes you, I, I've, I've really, actually, recently been faced with the question of: Is that actually a good thing? And how much of a good thing is it? It doesn't just stop at: Is this a good or a bad thing? But beyond that, why and in what ways? And so, that's kind of what we try to investigate on uh, on this episode talking about screen time technology, and we're going to get to that here shortly. But I just want to thank you guys for listening to Absurdity. I want to thank you guys so much for supporting up to this point. And I do want to let you know of one more big change that we've made. I have released a Patreon account for Absurdity. Now, if you don't know what Patreon is, Patreon is basically, um, think of it like a sustained Kickstarter. So you can contribute monthly to uh, any sort of service that you want, any sort of content creators that you want that have a Patreon account. You can contribute monthly any amount that you choose uh, to support your content creators, to support those that are uh, creating content that you enjoy taking in. I've been very passionate about this. I know that we've only released about 15 to 16 episodes up to the time of this recording, but I've spent probably about $1,000 or more in in just investing into this podcast. And that number only increases because there are monthly costs involved with creating this and making this happen. So hosting the website, hosting uh, hosting the media files, uh, subscription services to the software that I use like Adobe. So I I would appreciate any help that you can give if you want to just support the podcast by becoming a patron, uh, by becoming a patron subscriber. I would appreciate it. Uh, there's uh, options on there for a dollar, for two dollars, for five dollars, and I think for ten dollars. Uh, a month. These are monthly charges that go through PayPal, I think, um or just can be drawn straight from your credit card. And I will say all Patreon subscribers will get content a week before uh, it releases. So um you'll get episodes a week before they're meant to actually release. I always pre-record these episodes and release them at a later time. So, uh, you will get episodes a week in advance if you become a Patreon subscriber. And otherwise, you'll get my thanks. And I will be coming up with some actual Patreon specific content and things like t-shirts and, and maybe some of the things that we'll release for patrons. But um for now I'm just asking, look, if you wanna if you've enjoyed this content and you wanna support me and, and make this something that I can continue to do, I would really appreciate any support that you can throw my way. I'm not gonna beg for money. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna you know grovel and, and ask for it. I'm just gonna say hey look if you really enjoy this content and you think it's worth a dollar, if you think it's worth $2, if you think it's worth $10, I don't care what you think it's worth. But if you're willing to support me in making this podcast happen, that would be awesome. All of the money goes back into this podcast that you give to me, it goes to covering all of the hosting costs per month. And so um, that I'm covering out of pocket right now. So this isn't something that I get any funding from. There are no advertisements, there's nothing like that. I'm just trying to do this because I think it's important to do. And I would appreciate any help that comes with that. If no one subscribes, if no one, if no one becomes a patron, no big deal, no harm done. I'll continue making the podcast. Uh, this is just a way to make that to to ease that burden just a little bit um, on myself. But I just want to thank you guys so much for listening. And uh, I do hope that you enjoy all the new content that's coming with absurdity. We have some great guests lined up in the next few episodes. And I'm really excited for you to hear what I've been working on, what we've been working on uh, and and what continues what will continue to grow with absurdity. I'm looking forward to creating more content to having more available to you and and hopefully making absurdity something that pushes conversation. Uh, forward and that teaches us how to love better, love more intently to communicate more effectively and and to be more patient. So just thank you so much for being on this journey with me as I try to navigate some of this stuff. And yeah, we don't always have the answers. And yeah, sometimes you may get mad listening to this podcast. Sometimes you may get upset. Sometimes you may get sad. I don't know what it may be, but I do hope that whatever you feel when you leave this podcast, that ultimately if you've been challenged, you've been challenged positively to rethink things, to, maybe make some life changes that are, that will be positive for your life. I know as a result of just the conversation you're about to hear between Justin and myself that, um, I'm going to make some big changes. I know I mentioned it in the episode, I'm going to be, uh, buying, a an actual alarm clock and, and trying to get my cell phone out of my room a bit more. And um, I'm going to try and, you know, I think another thing I'm going to be doing is uh, taking about an hour a day just to read books, actual books, not any physical or not any, you know, digital books, but just getting away from an actual screen and trying to break that habit and leave my phone in another room. So um, I know that I've got some positive changes I need to make in my life to, to make things better. And, and I hope that that you might um, be able to ask yourself some of these questions that we ask in this episode, and and apply them to your own life as well. So thanks so much for listening to Absurdity, guys. Really appreciate you. And if you want to get in touch with me, you can find me on Twitter at Ryan One Eight Zero Becker. You can find me on the Absurdity website, Facebook, uh, Instagram, whatever it is. Um, but you can go ahead and, and tweet uh, at Ryan One Eight Zero Becker, and I'll respond usually pretty quickly. If you have anything that you want to, uh, any suggestions for the podcast, anything, or maybe you want to come on as a guest, you can email me Ryan one eight zero Becker at gmail.com. Happy to, uh, have any kind of conversations and dialogues about any of these topics. Maybe you have a conflicting point of view. Maybe you have something that you want to challenge and that's fine too. I'm happy to have anyone on the cast that wants to be, uh, that has something to say and, and, and I can give a platform and a voice to, um, as long as, Obviously, is it's respectful and, and and something that is uh, done, hopefully, for the betterment of society, the betterment of each other. So just so you know, long-term-wise, we're going to be at releasing episodes week after week, uh, probably every Tuesday or every Thursday. I haven't fully decided at the time of recording this, but um, it'll be every single week, hopefully, and looking forward to seeing what Absurdity continues to do in, in my life and in in your life as well. So enjoy this conversation with Justin A good friend of mine that I've known, he was a teacher when I was in high school at Forest Lake Academy, and we became friends after that. Now I just love working with the guy. I love talking with him, and um, I'm just so, so excited to have him as a part of Absurdity now officially in every single episode through the intro music that you've heard and all of the transition music you'll hear as well. So take care, guys. Enjoy this this episode of Absurdity about screen time technology with Justin Janetsko. Hey guys, I am here with a really, really good friend of mine, Justin Janetsko. Justin, I'm so excited to have you on the cast. Thank you so much. I know this has been months in the making. Um, so, you know, if you, if you wouldn't mind, tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, who are you? What do you do? That kind of thing.
0: Yeah, man. Definitely. Thanks for having me on. I've been looking forward to this ever since we conceived this idea at Spring Valley Academy. And I guess I could start there. I'm the chaplain at Spring Valley Academy which means that I run the campus ministries program there. I teach some of the various Bible classes, including senior Bible and and the sophomore Bible class as well. And I'm also teaching some electives that are really cool. I have a music production class where we learn how to write songs from scratch, which a lot of the kids are really into. And then we have a biblical preaching class too, where the kids can learn how to do some expository preaching. So, you know, it's been going really well. And I've really been enjoying myself there with those classes and with the Canvas Ministries program. I'm in Miami. You're,
1: you're back home, right?
0: Yeah, I'm in Dayton, like, Ohio. Yeah, and that's home for you. And that's where I grew up. I actually went to Spring Valley Academy, kindergarten through 12th grade. And I'm back there. I graduated in the year 2000. <laughs> and yeah, it's kind awesome. of full circle. It's uh it's a little weird sometimes to think about it, but I really enjoy the community. I really enjoy the school, the the, the churches here are, are awesome as well, the people are great. So uh, it's a it's a great place for me to be right now. Great. That's really cool. Um
1: so um what else, anything else that you wanna you wanna tell us about yourself or or anything you wanna add?
0: Yeah, I was just gonna add because I think it's pretty relevant actually to our conversation today. I'm in my 12th year of teaching. This is my 12th year. Currently, so I've been doing it for a little while, and uh, all those twelve years have been in the Abner School systems. I've been around from Forest Lake Academy, where I met you, Ryan. Oh, yeah, I know. A little bit different back then, but it's all good. You turned out okay. That's true. Yeah. More <laughs> I appreciate <or> less. that. <laughs> yeah, take it or leave it. But yeah, Forest Lake <laughs> Academy, I was there for a while. Atlanta Abner's Academy uh it's it's been pretty crazy because in in those twelve years that i've actually gotten to teach in in both a traditional classroom where it's just like you and the kids and then I've gotten to teach in a strictly connected classroom where it's you sitting in a room by yourself with a computer connected to other sites across i mean even America where I, I teach from home and, and I can interact with those kids through basically webcam. And and that's been really, was a really interesting experience. And then I got to do both of those things together in what I, I call it a hybrid classroom where you've got kids sitting there in front of you, but you also have kids that are joining from multiple sites across, again, across the nation. So, you know, it, I've had a pretty diverse teaching experience in those 12 years. And like I said, I, I think it, it it has helped brought bring to light some of the things that we'll be talking about a little bit today. And in fact, I feel somewhat qualified to talk about this just because of those experiences that I've had.
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, and and, and I think this is, uh, to be honest, I mean, even if you weren't, even if I didn't feel you were qualified, let's so to speak, authoritatively yeah, right. on it. Um, I think this is something that, that needs to be talked about more by everyone. Um, yeah. and I don't, I don't even think it should be limited by if you're qualified necessarily or not, but this is something right. that you have interacted with a lot. It's something that affects your job pretty much every day too. Um absolutely affects everything from home life to work. So, um, I think mm-hmm. this is definitely relevant and, and a conversation that needs to happen more. Um, so if you could. Um, go ahead and, and set the stage for for us on, on, I guess, on this topic of technology, of our use of it, of our handling of it, um, and, and why you think this is so important.
0: So I am a product of the Seventh-day Adventist school systems, right? Like I said, I went to Spring Valley Academy, kindergarten through 12th grade. I went to Southern for five years, super senior. And then I- as soon as I graduated, I went right back to schools and started teaching. And so this has kind of been my life. This has been my perspective. And it's been really interesting to see how things have shifted, how things have changed for better and for worse. And one of the things that I have noticed, and and I feel, I mean, I'm even going to go ahead and say, I feel blessed to have witnessed such a strong how do i say this i guess a, a rise in in technology use just in in our society i mean it's it's incredible the technology that i had when i first started at, at spring valley academy as a kindergartner to what these kids have today like it's it's a mm-hmm. shocking discrepancy for sure so different so very different we got we got some technology so quickly and i've been able to see how we have integrated that within our Seventh-day Adventist school systems, starting with my experience. And now, as I'm teaching these kids at at Spring Valley, I I get to also notice that. And, you know, so I guess you could say I've been on the front lines of technology integration in our schools. And like I mentioned before, I've I've seen a lot of the effect, and that's both good and bad, that, that we have essentially reaped from bringing, and I'm I'm talking here specifically the screen time technology, Ryan. I mean, we could, technology, that's a very vague word, really. You know, a a wheel is technology, right? The microwave is technology. That's not really what I'm referring to. I'm referring to more of the screen type technology, the stuff you're going to find on your phone or your television or your iPad or or whatever that stuff may be. So as I've been able to witness this, this technological growth and the integration of that, I got to say, I'm, I'm, I'm a little confused on some things because as, as I have been a, a lifer for the Seventh-day Adventist Church, one of the things that I know our church talks a lot about is how not only do we need to be, but we are, in fact, different from the rest mm-hmm. of the world. And, and, and the world, that's kind of a term that I hesitate to use. <laughs> I feel like it means something different to everybody. Everybody comes into the conversation just like, oh, yeah, the world that we got to be different from the world. And and I have no clue what that means.
1: Yeah, it's this vague yeah. statement that marks everyone else as the en- as the enemy, right? It's
0: the world is anyone Absolutely. I don't
1: know or, or, you know, that guy across the street where he could also be a believer. Uh, it could, you know, the world is just everyone else.
0: It's yeah. I, I mean, maybe for the sake of this conversation, when I use the term world. But Here, here's what I'm referring to. Really? Uh, it's like harmful behavior that is not helpful and we'll say not focused on love for God and, and love for others. Why okay. do we say that?
1: Yeah, yeah that's fair. <laughs> okay. So, so we'll move forward with, I guess, that definition when we talk about the world or worldliness.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's the stuff, stuff that just doesn't bring any benefit to your life or to the lives of other people. Right. Okay. Whether somebody thinks it's, it's right or wrong, it, who cares? Is it good or is it bad? Right. That's, that's what I really want to focus on with this conversation. So that being said, we talk a lot about the world. The world is bad. The world is bad, but I've seen we're involved in a lot of really bad stuff, (laughs) stuff that is in fact bad for us. And, and, but we, we don't really, we don't really highlight that. Right. It's so easy to highlight the way somebody, I think, dresses because that's so obvious. You see it with your eyes. You can kind of measure that or, the, or what somebody eats or drinks or, or any of that kind of stuff. The technology stuff is a little bit more personal, right? And so when I'm thinking about technology and when I'm thinking, you know, is, is this a worldly use of technology? Can, can the Seventh-day Adventists actually use technology? And, and, and not be, quote unquote, of the world. That's an interesting conversation because, like I said, I've seen so many different perspectives and, and angles and entry points in that conversation. But I guess I'll go forward by saying this. You know, I, I, don't, I don't want to reduce good living to do's and don'ts, right? Mm-hmm. I don't know that that necessarily really even means anything in the long term. It's really easy to say, you know, do this, do this, don't do that, don't do that. When I think about technology, when I think about anything, where I want to start is, well, is it helpful and why is it helpful? Or is it is it destroying an aspect of your life and why is it doing that? I mean, I myself have been definitely guilty of just kind of arbitrarily saying things like, I don't drink because I'm a Christian. I've actually told people that. <laughs> Actually, I used to play in a band and, and one of the one of the many ways that venues would decide to pay you is through alcohol. Here's a pitcher of beer plus whatever you might make at the door. And I, I remember actually telling a club owner, I was just like, oh, I don't want this. I don't drink. I'm a Christian. Mm. And that was like literally the end of the conversation. And I can only imagine what in the world was going on in that guy's head. He's just <laughs> like, who is it? So what? <laughs> Fine. I'll drink the beer for you. <laughs> Like there's nothing helpful. There's nothing informative. There's nothing about that statement that really makes a difference. The difference that I believe Jesus calls us as Christians to make in this world. So, you know, when we talk about being different, it's not just this thing that we say, or sometimes it's not even just this thing that we do. I think it goes further and beyond that where it actually impacts our lives directly and the lives of the people around us for the good. That's, to me, the difference that we're supposed to make. Is the way that we as Christians, and I'll even go more specifically and say Seventh-day Adventist Christians, because again, that's my perspective, is the way that we're using technology actually beneficially different Mm. than the quote-unquote world or what we may consider to be the world. And again, man, I, I'm in the classroom. I'm teaching. I mean, a lot of people would say the church of the future. I would consider them the church of right now, right? But however you want to interpret that, these are kids that should they decide to stay in the church, will in fact be leading our church one day. And so I'm looking at them and I'm just thinking, uh, what's going on here? Are, are they going to be okay? <laughs> because sometimes I wonder, you know? <laughs> And yeah, I'm making yeah. I'm I'm making I'm making a bit of a joke there of course but there are marked differences from when I started teaching to today and again this is you know within 10 years roughly of the student as they come and they sit down in my classroom as I give them activities jobs essentially to do tasks to complete how they go about that And this is both with technology, excuse me, with technology and without technology. But regardless of what they're using to complete the task, they are doing it as a product of a generation that has been raised largely on screen time. Mm. So I've noticed the difference. And I I mean, we can get into that a a little bit later, but I, I think this is important primarily because. Again, if we, if we claim to be different, if, if we claim to be not of the world, I feel like overall we're failing on that in this instance. I, I feel like we're missing out on something so much better for the rest of our lives. You know, I, I may say it later as well, but we got a lot of this screen time technology so quickly. I don't think we learned how to use it. We have no clue how to use it, how to steward it how to be able to manage it in a, in a helpful way in our lives. And I think, again, according to my observations, and that's all I can speak from is, is what I've seen and experienced from what I've seen. There's some stuff that I, I think could be a lot better. We can do better on.
1: Mm. No, and I would agree with you. I mean, you're talking about a you're talking about at least with screen time technology. Now TVs have existed for a long time, but as far as the prevalence that they have now, that really is something that's only existed in the last ten to fifteen years. Um, a, and really, the iPhone is kind of what that the significant marker of that change. Um, and in ten mm-hmm. years, having that much of a change that's huge. Uh, that is absolutely huge for things yeah. that now are pretty much required uh, (laughs) to get through the day or to, or to have a daily life. Um, they say now Mm. you should buy a homeless guy or, you know, a homeless person, uh, a cell phone more than anything else so that they can get job interviews and actually follow up on things. And, (laughs) um, like it's become such a embedded part of our lives, a required part of our lives now that, um, but no one ever stopped and said, is this actually okay to this degree or to this, how we're currently using it.
0: Yeah, and the conversation is not at all. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that technology is bad, and we should throw it out. That would be ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, I agree. You know, th- this this stuff makes life incredibly simple. But I think that's kind of where we get caught up, right? We 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 got it. It really helped us out a lot in a lot of areas, but we never really stopped to question it, right? Uh, you know, this is the way I, I think about it. it. It's like, again. We're so quick to point out things that are obviously right or wrong or good or bad or whatever it is, but doesn't the Bible tell us? Isn't one of the, the, the strongest messages of of God's word is to hey, kind of test everything? Yeah, like don't just take something at face value. Yeah. Just because it's obviously good and or obviously bad or whatever doesn't mean just stop there because Satan's probably a little bit more cunning than that <laughs> yeah no I, it, it, oh they got me again I, I can't believe they figured that one out it was so obvious oh shame on me one. i should try better <laughs> oh, i know oh. it's like no of course it's like he is the, the stuff that's really going to mess us up is the stuff we're not going to catch at face value right yeah and so that's what I, I think about technology i'm just like you know again it's it's not bad but do we know what we are doing with it and the question that i'm working on answering, even right now in my own life, is do we know how to steward it? Because that, to me, is the goal. The goal is not to eliminate technology at all. I wouldn't think so. Screen type technology. It would be to learn how to best steward it because, honestly, this conversation we're having right now is going to be pretty irrelevant and obsolete, even in a few years where technology is not something you hold anymore. You are fully integrated with it, right?
1: Yeah, you're wearing it or it's like it's it's... It's implanted, it's, it's implanted in you <laughs> literally. Yeah. They've talked about the, there's, um, yeah. I was listening to a different podcast where a guy was talking about his dad, um, having an implanted, uh, like basically an in-ear or, uh, um, what are they called? Um, the things that go in hearing, hearing aid. aid, hearing aid. Thank you.
0: Um, yeah.
1: he had implanted hearing aids where he was calling him from the hearing aid over Bluetooth. And I'm like, yeah, what? Um, and I heard uh, that man, that's that's crazy. It's ridiculous. Yeah, that's crazy. So yeah. it, it's um it, it is becoming more real and more real. And I think, yeah, I don't think the question that you and I are asking is 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 technology good or bad? It's it's it, it more has to do with the human side of it. What are we doing with it? How are we interacting with it? How do we interact with it responsibly or more responsibly? That thing. So I, I think we're we're yeah, I, I'm with you. Like I'm not at all for getting rid of it. If I was saying get rid of technology, I guess I shouldn't host a yeah. podcast.
0: Um, <laughs> exactly, but, man.
1: Um, but I, so I, I agree with I very much agree with this direction. I think this is a really good and and positive direction to move in. Um.
0: So yeah, absolutely. I, I that that's where that's where I want to deal with the positive stuff. You know, I, I definitely want to do. I want to do stuff that's helpful. And I mean, God bless the technology, man. I mean, really, yeah, it's great. Yeah. I. But let's get a little bit deeper than just picking it up and going at it, right? That's what I'm suggesting because I think that there are some things here in the conversation that maybe we're not all aware of. Maybe we don't completely understand. And I think as as that comes forward, we can look at it a little bit differently Mm. and decide that maybe we can make some changes in our lives. Maybe we can encourage others, even in in our community, in our society even, to, to start making some changes, We'll see. Gotcha. Huh? All right. So, okay. So we, we've kind of set the stage for
1: this. We've, we've, we've set kind of what questions we're at, we're, we're setting out to ask. Um, so, so with, with screen time technology specifically is, is our kind of realm of focus. Um, what would you say the, some of the main problems are that we're facing right now?
0: One of the biggest problems. i as I speak from my observations, but also a lot of study that I've done is, is what screen time actually does to the developing brain Mm. so i began reading i don't know if you've heard of john roseman before he's a child psychologist i began reading some of his work not too long ago and he's got a book called parenting by the book and in the book in which he's referring to is the bible itself and he is i mean it's just great stuff i I i'm not a parent personally but I mean, I work with kids every day. So it's like, you know, what does this have to, what's going yeah. on here? What's going on? So I was reading it and it completely changed. I don't want to say changed my life. That's a kind of a drastic thing to say, but it, in a lot of ways it did. I mean, it really changed the way that I think about how we as adults, parents, whoever raise kids and he talks Specifically, in, in another book I found uh, from reading that primary book, he talks a little bit about television and how the introduction of television as like a household item around the mid-50s, 1950s, you can actually measure out and see how, with introduction of television as this household thing that suddenly, you know, everybody was consuming, what that began to do. To schools and education, kids began to be a little less focused. They, as, as time went on, they uh, began to display traits of what we would call today ADD or ADHD or a learning disability. And those things didn't really exist prior to around the fifties, right? At least not in the fashion and to the to the degree I'm sorry that that they do now. They just weren't there. And so Rosen was talking a little bit about this. And he says, why is that exactly? And, and he goes on to mention that he believes, and in, in, in a lot of the studies that we're beginning to see surface now, they're, they're suggesting that screen time and the brain, the developing brain particularly, don't get along real well. In, in fact, maybe – Screen time stunts development of the brain in some ways, and and particularly it's it's interesting because I've I've done some of this research and I've seen some of these studies that have have popped up here and there, and you know they're they're legit stuff. It's it's none of this fake news as far as I know. I mean it's all peer reviewed stuff. It's suggesting that actually because screen time is so passive, if you set down a kid with some screen time, they're going to be passively locked in, their brain isn't going to have to be doing the regular exercise and growth that it needs to do to become sure, to become well-developed. It's just going to be kind of, I don't know if atrophy is the right word, but it, it's it's not doing too much because it doesn't have to do too much. The screen time, the the media, whatever it is, is doing all the work for them. So creativity goes down the drain. The research is showing us now that learning, or I'm sorry, um, that reading comprehension, that critical thinking, these are the the two, the top two things that take hits when when kids are spending a lot of time with with now, are
1: these kids, are these kids, uh, is this like an age group or is this kids across the board? Is this like infants, adolescents? Um, like, is there an age range or or is this just kids across the board?
0: Yeah. It's kind of all of the above. I mean, the brain is developing pretty well, even into the mid twenties. Yeah. So, you know, if, if you read any of the recommendations from, from pediatrics today, they, they say basically absolutely no screen time before the age of two. And even then, it's going to be kind of iffy. You don't really probably want to do that, but you know, as, as kids get older, they become a little bit more curious. They want to get the technology in their hands. And I mean, who can blame them? It's pretty amazing. It's pretty flashy. We in, and, and, you know, school systems have decided that this might be a good tool to use in order to educate the kids. Well, I've actually read some articles on that and um, maybe get to that a little bit later that's being questioned as well right now. And I would have to say as an educator, I highly Hmm. question it just given what I have seen. And, and even the, the degree of, of addiction that's exhibited in the classroom with these particular devices. I mean, you've got kids that they can't put them down. Like in the past, I've actually told kids, look, you need to put your iPads away. You don't need them right now. You need to pay attention. Well, they have a really hard time doing that, and so even though they know that I'm going to take away their iPad once they pull it back out, they just can't help it. They pull it back out, and I just take it. And they're like, "I'm like, why did you do that?" They're like, "I don't know. I just I can't help myself." And you know, that's that's another one of the things that we're we're noticing about screen time in the the developing brain is that it it just destroys, absolutely demolishes. The ability to focus for long amounts of time, extended uh, periods of time, and and that actually, you know, I was I was actually it was funny. I was talking with with uh, one of my classes at school about this, and it prompted one of the girls to straight like look at me and ask, "Mr. Janetsko, is is our generation dumb <laughs> <laughs> because of all this? Are we dumb? Oh no!" And I. And that was such a great question because she senses something, yeah. right? She knows that there's something weird going on here. I said I, I said, I don't think it's that you're dumb. I don't believe that at all. In fact, I believe that you all are very intelligent, that you are very capable. But you know what I think it is? If If you have been raised in front of screens, whatever that ends up looking like, television, iPad, iPhone, whatever – I don't mean to like brand here, but
1: yeah, yeah, no, I get it.
0: That's what I use, but we're finding out more and more as the studies are are popping up that attention span, the ability to focus is going down the tubes. And, and when you stop and you think about that, it actually makes a lot of sense. Cause let me throw this at you. Consider, you know, Mr. Rogers, right? Mr. Rogers neighborhood. That old Must TV show. Yeah. Moore. So Mr. Rogers really, I don't know about that. I but mean, next, sure. to, next to you and me. <laughs> but Mr. Rogers. Yeah. I, uh... Well, I definitely <laughs> don't know about that. But Mr. Rogers is a show that, and you know what? If, if, if you get the chance, try to find an episode and watch it. Compare it to the shows that are on TV right now for kids. And you'll notice at least one major thing. And that is, the length, the length of screenshots, it's probably not the right word, but the, the amount of time that a camera spends on a subject before oh, the, cuts. It switches yeah, the cuts to a yeah. different angle, the cuts. There you go. Yeah, I don't do that stuff. In <laughs> life, so I don't know what to think about it. But yeah, the cuts, if, 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 if you notice how often it cuts from scene to scene to scene, take a show like Mr. Rogers, it's he can go for minutes without ever cutting to another scene. So even though it's very passive, you're sitting there and you're still having to focus on something for minutes at a time.
1: Hmm.
0: As time progressed, as as television progressed, I should say, and the programming progressed, we moved away from that. And, And I think the reason is this is because, again, based on what I've seen with some of these studies The screen time began to really affect the brain's ability to focus for longer amounts of time. So in order for a television show to be relevant, the cuts had to be quicker and quicker and quicker and quicker. And so now you watch – again, go to any cartoon, any any kid's show today, and the most successful ones are constantly moving. There's always something going on, and it has to be so fast. And that's where the focus is of of a lot of kids today particularly – stuff has to happen quickly. If it doesn't happen quickly, you lose them, right? You lose them. And so I told this particular young lady, I was like, look, I don't think it's that you're dumb. I don't believe that at all. But I think you may have to work harder than ever before to focus mm. on things. And I mean, when, when you consider school or any task, really the ability to focus on one thing and to complete it. I mean, that seems like that's like a mountain for a lot of kids these days. Again, you think about ADD and ADHD, learning disabilities, all that stuff. You know, if, if we're diagnosing kids with this stuff, basically what we're saying is, look, you, you have problems with attention. Where did that come from? Why is it that this stuff kind of doesn't really exist at all before the 1950s? How come this stuff doesn't really exist in communities like, say, the Amish community where they don't have electronics and in technology like screen time technology why is that so you know this is some of the research i've been doing and and it's making some sense to me i don't know if it's yeah. right i don't know if it's I mean, wrong there's always the correlation sense.
1: versus causation so, argument that comes into play um so i get it yeah. but but it, i mean it does it yeah. does make sense um and and i'm hearing you like i i i tend to be on the same page with you on it here i mean
0: go ahead yeah and so uh, go ahead i was just going to say so y- you think about like and, and probably a lot of people have heard Steve Jobs' quote about his technology and and how he used it in his own household. There was a, I think, a New York Times article. That's what it was. New York Times article that came out years ago, uh, obviously before Jobs died. And it it talks in the article about how Steve Jobs himself limited his children's use of basically this technology that that he was a major part of of innovating, right? He didn't even allow them to use iPads. He sent them to what we would call a low-tech school where they didn't have the screen-type technology. And uh, there's actually a quote here that I can read from it. He says, uh, my kids accuse me and my wife of being fascist and overly concerned about tech. And they say none of their friends have the same rules. And he's, he's talking about five children, ages ranging from 6 to 17. And he says this. I, I just, This is remarkable to me. He says, that's because we have seen the dangers of technology firsthand. I've seen it in myself. and I don't want to see wow. that happen to my kids. Wow. So that's something, yeah. right? Here you have like the guy when it comes to screen time technology recently, right? Within recent history. And this guy's like, nah, I don't even let my kids have it. Okay. What does that mean?
1: Mm.
0: <laughs> what does that mean? That. So that's I yeah no no right
1: (laughs) that's crazy I mean and and I I think we're seeing this along the same lines we're seeing um, the dude that invented the like button for Facebook deleted his Facebook I think I mean he doesn't use it it, you know Mm -hmm. you've got a lot of these people who've created these technologies now stepping away from them in their personal lives for whatever reason Um, and it's that 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 in itself is a giant red flag in my mind right like. If the if the creators of it are not wanting to adopt this themselves, then or want to adopt it in limited fashion, then what does that say for for
0: us? Um, so yeah, that's huge. Yeah, but I mean, you would <laughs> think, Ryan, right? You would think, you would think, but I'm not seeing yeah. it. Honestly, I'm not seeing it. And, and again, I can point to myself first. I've got a lot of work to do on that stuff too. But if if, if, if these minds are saying these things, if, if they're actually not just saying them, but actually doing them, that's different right there. I mean, that's the difference we're talking about, right? Steve Jobs' family,
1: they're different. Yeah, They
0: don't use that stuff. Why? That's the question we have to answer. Why, though? Well, and I Why? look at,
1: I mean, I, I look at even myself, right? Like I sit down, I struggle to sit down and write a sermon for church on Saturday, even if I know exactly what I want to mm. say. Right. Um, I still, I manuscript out my sermons for record keeping sake and just to organize my thoughts better. Um, but I struggle to sit down and do it. I just don't want to. Um, and, and and it seems like a mountain of a task like you described earlier. I look, yeah. Um, even though I know what I'm going to say, I just don't want to sit down and type for whatever. I, I have a harder time finishing books um, than I used to. Um, I have a harder time. I check Mm -hmm. my phone constantly, even though no one's texting me. Um, did someone tell or you know, if I have to I turn my phone on airplane mode when I preach um or when I do podcast recording Mm -hmm. and I turn it immediately back on uh to sell data when I when I'm done and no one's texting me, but I'm looking as if someone did. Um, you know, it's it's built into me um to either not be able to focus and sit down long enough to complete a long task, um, or it's built into me to constantly be checking and and looking at my phone. Um as if I, and I, and I can't not be away from my phone. The first thing I'm doing is where's my phone. That's a check. Uh, <laughs> you know, where, where's my phone? Where's my phone? Where'd I put my phone? Um, yeah. don't go to the bathroom without my phone. Don't go to the car without my phone. Everything is with my phone. And that's huge. Right. Like I can definitely, like I can see it yeah. myself a lot.
0: Yeah. I mean, would you be so bold as to say that Oh, 100%. I think that's like an addiction.
1: 100%. You know, I'm, I'm realizing mm-hmm. that addiction plays into much more than, um, I mean, relationships themselves. Um, and I know that's not necessarily screen time technology related, but one of the reasons breakups are so hard, especially mm-hmm. with, yeah. within the realm of texting, um, is, you're, you know, and, and I think we're going to get into mm-hmm. this a little bit better, but, you know, when you're texting your significant other and talking with them, every, you know, every second of every day, it's a dopamine hit every time that you get that text. Um, And that's from anyone, but especially Mm -hmm. from your significant other, it's, it's connected. So when you break up and you no longer Mm -hmm. are talking to them every day, every second of every day, uh, it's, it literally is withdrawal. Like it, it's, it's not, it's not the symptoms of Mm -hmm. withdrawal. It is withdrawal. Um, and I, and I noticed that too, when I, you know, I don't have my phone, I'm like, Oh, I gotta have my phone on me. I'm, I'm concerned about my phone. Um, it is, it is hundred percent addictive behavior. Yeah. hundred percent.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's actually interesting you mentioned the dopamine because that's another thing I've been finding, you know, what is is why why do we do these things? And it's because you hit. You hit and you get that high, you get that rush. It lights up the brain. And the funny thing about screen time technology and particularly like social media now is it combines. It combines things that you're already just like social social situations and interactions. Yeah. You hit, right? The brain lights up. The technology. Yeah it's, it's, it's lighting up, right? You combine those things. It's like, oh I yeah, no, can't handle it.
1: That's why you're always looking anymore. for likes. Uh that was birthed with the MySpace picture comment PC for PC, right? Oh. Picture comment for picture comment and and um all this. Like it, it was this thing man. of I want people to interact and like what I'm doing um and show and reveal that they they are liking it. Um and it's a need.
0: MySpace, man. MySpace knew. knows how to get you. Well, they knew how to get <laughs> they, you. They not anymore. Uh,
1: not, it's <laughs> too, never soon? too soon. Nah. When it comes to MySpace, um, so no. I, you okay. know, I, I, I do think it's addictive behavior, and I don't mean, you know, I, I don't want to say that flippantly. Um, it's significant. It 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 is a significant yeah. admission, confession, whatever Absolutely. you want to term it as. Like it's a problem that needs to be dealt with. You know, I'm I'm sitting here talking with you, and yeah. I kind of want to start writing out my sermons instead of typing them. Um, but I also like I actually <laughs> went out. I well, I didn't go out. I ordered them online. I ordered a pair of a uh, Pixel eyeglasses that cut out blue light. Um, so that when I'm looking at a computer hmm. all day, my eyes yeah. aren't killing me, or when I'm looking at a computer at night, um, right. it's not it's not giving me the same. Uh, light sensitivity that that tells me it's daytime um getting rid of that blue light means that it's easier for me to go to sleep at mm-hmm. night um and i wear I'm wearing the glasses right now as I look yeah. over the show notes and everything else um you know i've I've tailored my life mm-hmm. to looking at technology, and i think that I think that does need to change like I really do um, so that yeah i'm mm. I'm with you like hundred percent on this
0: that's interesting, yeah I mean you actually even just mentioned a second ago, you feel like writing out sermons versus typing them. There's studies coming out right now that that actually refer to the benefits of writing versus typing, particularly when you are recording oh, yeah. notes, particularly when you're in a meeting or in a lecture or something like that. And that, that stuff, like, it makes a lot of sense, and and you can see the fruit of it as well. I don't know. It, it just really makes me think. Could all this stuff be connected? Is is there something we need to do about this? Because again, and I'll say this about technology, technology, particularly in schools, is the yeah, sexy move, is. right? It's the sexy move. I remember, not um, giving too much detail away, I had a coworker that went out to a particular Seventh-day Adventist Academy, and they had learned that we had a one-to-one iPad program and they were in awe of that. And they said to the particular individual that went to visit, they said, we're really interesting, interested in implementing a one-to-one iPad program here at our academy. I mean, what can you tell us about it? Because it just seems like such a great idea. It just seems like that's where everything's going. And my coworker was basically like, why do you want to do that? And And the answer was, it wasn't... I wouldn't I I wouldn't call it a good answer. <laughs> it was like, well, that's because what everybody else is doing, and it looks cool on our website to say we have a one-to-one
1: yeah, it's a, it's a iPad yeah, program.
0: Yeah, that's yeah. The, yeah. Yeah. And and, and my cowork was just like, you might want to more or less pump your brakes on that. Because we've been having a lot of problems with it. I just thought that was so interesting that. Again, going back to we're not questioning this stuff. We're just looking at it and saying, oh, uh, you know, obviously we can use this. Ob- and there, of course there are
1: benefits like there are real it's benefits like, to having, you know, one of the greatest things for yeah. me in college was when we had reviews for tests, a bunch of friends would make a Google Doc of the review sheets and we would share them and fill them out together yeah. like collaboratively. You can't really do that with handwritten notes. Um You know, there, there are definite Mm -hmm. benefits to technology. And, and, and so you and I are definitely not trying to, to downplay that. It's just, I think we're trying to ask a question that, that no, it's not being asked a lot, um, a personal, on an individual level. Yeah. Um, this is, these are things that you and I are personally wrestling with right now. Um, so I, man, that absolutely just, just adopting technology for the sake of adopting technology. Um,
0: <laughs> but that's the mindset of a lot of people. Honestly, again, it's it's kind of this cool, hip thing. We all want to be relevant, so mm-hmm. hey, why not use this thing? But again, I mean, just to do something because everybody else is doing it. I mean, <laughs> yeah, if,
1: without yeah, without without that's yeah, yeah literally, that's
0: trying to be the same. <laughs> that's the exact opposite. But you, but but Ryan, we're not. We're not talking about like an awkward different here. Like, again, I, I think back to Steve Jobs. He sends his kids to a low-tech school. That's different. But it's not a weird, awkward different where people can't relate to it. He's got reasons. He can go through and yeah, tell you exactly why price. that is. And then you can look at your own life. Exactly, You can look at your own life and be like, well, dang, man. I, mm-hmm. I kind of have some problems with that. Maybe what he's saying isn't – that's not mm-hmm. so ridiculous. I mean, that, that's what I'm talking about, uh, having those conversations where, okay, it's not just about being different, but it's, what are we actually doing to, to demonstrate that we have something that other people should desire? And how can we help other people in making their lives better, their lives, the lives of their children? You know, that's, that's where my brain's at yeah. right now. That's where the space no, is sure. at.
1: Um. So we, so we're talking about screen time we we've touched a little bit on on social media and addiction there's there's one more thing i wanted to ask about um in regards to this and that's that's how it how how it affects families um you know whether it's married couples Mm. whether it's you know we've (laughs) talked about newborns and 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 kids being exposed to it but um but how how would you say that you you've seen this whether in yourself or in others how do you think this has really impacted families um screen time and, and screen type technology (laughs)
0: <laughs> that is a loaded question. And you know, maybe I'll maybe I'll start with with this. I was at Chipotle at Brian. I was at Chipotle, I'm get Chipotle tomorrow the other day. I, said that. I know. Uh, <laughs> oh, well, you should. I was at Chipotle the other day and I I got there like around 12:30, which is slam time for Chipotle. And the line is of course all the way to the door, maybe a little bit even out of the door. And so I'm like, you know, go by fast. They know what they're doing. They're experts. I'll be in and out pretty quickly, anyways. As I'm sitting there in the line and just kind of observing, I'm just trying to have some downtime because I've been teaching all morning and life is crazy. Just trying to have some downtime here. And I'm, I'm looking at, at the people in front of me in this line. And Ryan, I don't believe you're a prophet. Maybe you are, but can you tell me? Can you tell me what each and every single one of these people in front of me was they doing? Were as they were looking down
1: at their phones.
0: I just had a <laughs> How did you know that, Ryan? Beard. That, that there that that, that that that's what was <laughs> happening. Yeah. Isn't that interesting? Because I can actually remember a time in my life where I waited in a line and I'm not again, I'm not saying this is good or bad or whatever. All I'm saying is I can remember a time where that wasn't the case. I mean, people still weren't talking to each other. It wasn't like people were super, super like friendly and all that kind of stuff. Of course not. But they were standing there just kind of looking around, waiting without doing anything. And, and I looked at that and I was thinking to myself, you know, and I actually went back to school and, and I spent some time talking with my seniors about it. I said that it made me think because when I look at that, that's, I, I remember When that wasn't the case, I have, I have a different perspective than you guys, because you guys as teenagers living in the world of right now, you've been raised on this stuff. You've been given phones by your family members, by your parents. This is what, you know, this is what you do when you're in line at Chipotle. And it's, it's a long line. You think you're going to be there for a while. Of course you pull out your phone. Of course you, you know, check whatever social media page or text or whatever it is that you need to check. Of course you do that. Yeah, no, no, that's, I, I do it. Obviously, because that's, 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 that's what you know. That's what you know. And so when I think about family and technology, I start there and I say, are we in, we, even within our families, do we actually know anything different at this point? Or are are we so consumed by this stuff that it is now that even within our families, our heads down? Completely disengaged, because if there's one thing that I believe we need to be engaged in and with, mm. it is our family. Uh, I have a very uh, high opinion of of the creation, essentially, of the family. When God creates the family, it is very deliberate. It is with purpose. It is because it's so important. He knows how important it is. Everything kind of starts there. If you do family research and studies, you see how broken families, families that are dysfunctional, that have had traumatic events and haven't been able to recover those, kind of what that ends up doing to kids, it's, it's pretty crazy, actually. And when I think about technology and, and, and how the family is currently using technology, I'm thinking, are, are we, as, as such an important unit, mm. are we fully engaged? Or are there things within that particular unit that are essentially i think setting us up for failure on some level
1: yeah
0: right I don't know, maybe that's too bold to say, but again, the research when it comes to 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 families and and i mean we we could talk about kids and Parents giving their kids phones and, you know, even if you don't give your kid a phone, your kid's still going to get their hands on a phone, of course, and you don't know what they're looking at. Let's be honest. You just don't. And of course, as as many good things, as, as many amazing things as there are out there, there's equally, if not yeah. more horrific things that your kid is going to find. Whether they want to or not, <laughs> of course, and. And that's the thing, like it's, it's there, it's just waiting for them. And I've seen technology, I mean, even in my own life, being a a super, super divisive thing, like even with my parents, like I would have arguments with my parents about how ridiculous their rules world were that I only had a half hour of back then a half hour of TV, half hour of computer. That was it and then i had to go and do my work or play outside or whatever it was and I, you know even that was pretty generous from from my parents i mean my personal experience with technology growing up was my parents started kind of pulling pulling back on the whole technology thing with us the older that we got i think that's how i remember it at least uh my mom actually Read a lot of uh, read a lot of Roseman, John Roseman, the guy I was referring to earlier, he was writing a a section in in the newspaper, a little editorial in the newspaper. And and she was reading his stuff and he talked a lot about technology and screen time technology. And so she started pulling back. And I'm really glad that she did, because (laughs) none of that stuff really did me any good anyways, the stuff that I was playing or watching. But instead, giving my brain actually the chance to do something active and, and to grow. So, you know, I'm, I'm really grateful and thankful that my family kind of caught, caught on to that pretty quickly. I don't know if you want to call it uh, like early adopter of, because usually when you talk about early adopter, uh, yeah, maybe that's what it is, early adopter of stewardship. But, you know, I look back on that and I'm just like, man, amen, because my parents were they were onto something there. You know, I think they had it right. I don't, I don't know, but I think they had it right. And, you know, I, I've even had parents come to me as a teacher. I mean, even when I first started off when I was at Forest Lake, I had a parent come up to me and, and she was just like, you know, my son, he comes home from school during lunch. He drives home during lunch to play video games and and then he'll go back to school.
1: He I didn't know my mom came and talked to you and when you taught video was games.
0: <laughs> <And> she- <laughs> no, that wasn't me. Was that you? Uh, I
1: d- uh, I know it we wasn't never you, had enough but time. I don't know if you did that or that. not. But anyways,
0: it, <laughs> it was Ooh. funny because she was asking me for advice. And I'm like pretty much just straight out of college at that point. I'm like, this is really bizarre. Like, I don't know. Take it away because <laughs> uh, you're be a, parent a parent and you can yeah, do that. Yeah. <laughs> Like I said that I, I actually said that I said you know uh, lead your child because your child can't make good decisions. Of course not. <laughs> you, you, you know the the prefrontal cortex controls the impulses. It's not again fully developed till about the mid twenties. Of course your kid's not going to make good choices. You need to help them out with that. You need to you need to help them understand. And that's something that I, I'm seeing going away in families right now. Is that And I mean, I don't want to. I'm not trying to be judgmental. Of course, I'm not. I'm just saying this is what I'm seeing. I think there's a correlation, though, there, though, when you have parents that hook their kids up with stuff that we're finding out more and more as the days go on, it's probably not good for them. Probably not what you want to place in their hands if you want them to truly be successful, if you want them to be critical thinkers. I mean, we'll we'll bring this into the realm of of a spiritual walk. I think, you know, one one of the things that we do very poorly at these days is is being still, is is putting ourselves into a state where we can meditate on Jesus. And it's because FOMO, really, right? Yeah. Everything's moved so fast these days. We're so afraid that we're going to miss out on something, and our brains have such a short attention span. I mean, how in the world are we supposed to be still in this world of today? Like, I struggle with that. You know, I, I struggle with it on a daily basis. I just move and move and move and go and go and go and go. And the technology yeah. just feeds that within me. So, if you're raising kids and you're handing your kids these things, and you're trying to at the same time teach them to be still, to slow down, to listen for the voice of God, the two things really don't go together. At least I don't think they do, at least not in my experience even now. That just doesn't make any sense to me. So I think when we're talking about the family, and I'll get here in a second to like my own marriage and what that looks like and some of the changes I've had to make. But, you know, talking about kids particularly, because that's, you know. Again, as a teacher, that's kind of where my focus is at.
1: No, I think no, we got no, to yeah, question yeah. it. No, I,
0: Ryan, I'm just going to say that I think we I agree. need to. I, you know, I look at and, and,
1: now. I with two churches, I'm in the rural South, so there's not technology is not exactly the forefront in either of my churches, mm-hmm. especially with the generations present in my churches. But here's <laughs> what I see in, in bigger churches and churches I've been in too. Yeah. You know, it used to be that you would take your kid, your one, two, three year old, to church and. Um. Yeah, they would be loud and disruptive, but you teach them to be quiet and be still. Um, and now you just throw a piece mm-hmm. of technology mm-hmm. in their hand. And what what we're what we're without yes. meaning to do, we're condition because just for the sake of either saving public face, saving embarrassment, whatever it is, um, we're conditioning people to say mm-hmm. or to do mm-hmm. uh, or to think that whenever they're experiencing something unpleasant, they block it out with technology. Um, whenever they're experiencing something they don't want to, or bored, or yeah, anything. Or, or any, um, you block it out anything with for that you matter, fill right? that dead space with something that you find fun. Um and technology is how we do I mean I look at Reddit when I'm in line at places or waiting at the doctor's office because that's what I find fun. Um it's filling dead space. The second someone stops talking at the dinner table or you know, I we used to do this thing, friends and I used to do this thing when we go on trips is we would put our phones in the middle of the table face down. Um and we would um Mm, yeah. And we would say the first person to look at their phone before the checks come has to pay for everyone's meal. So obviously no one ever would look at their phone because uh, no one had the money to look at their phone at that point. But what we yeah. thought, I, I remember one time we went and my friend put his phone on. You top broke. Of, and we, we would do it in a stack and you were smart. You put your phone upside down so you can't see it go off. My friend forgot to change his ringer um, from mm-hmm. the flashlight. So his flashlight would go off, and it was his phone was on the top, so he'd see it, and we could we watched him, and we would make fun of him. We tried to egg him on so we could get a free meal, um, to to look Man. at his phone, um, and he was, and you could see like almost the beads of sweat forming as he as he tried to resist, but like this was real, like it was a real struggle that was happening. I remember feeling it too, and my I couldn't even see my phone going off, wondering if someone texted me or wondering if something went off or whatever. And it, it is, um, we're trained. Um, we're trained to look at our phones the second that conversation dies. We're trained to look at our phones the second that we're in an environment that we don't necessarily yeah. love. Phones or whatever the technology is. Um we block it out or we mm-hmm. and we don't learn how to be still. We learn the exact opposite. Right. Um so
0: Yeah. But again, I'm thinking like where yeah. does that training come from?
1: Yeah, well. exactly. It comes yeah, I would Where's it come from? And <laughs> and you know, you and I aren't parents, so we can't exactly, you know, I'm not looking to yeah no, no. And, and i'm, I'm i I have, a, I have a dog so i guess I'm a, <laughs> I'm a dog dad but um i you know so i'm not looking to like condemn parents for what they're doing that's not at all i don't think you're doing that either um especially since like absolutely my not. generation no. really is the test generation mm-hmm. like we couldn't do research on this stuff prior um with a lot of the new yeah. screen type technology mine is the guinea pig generation mm-hmm. um i get it and i don't yeah I don't blame parents at all for these. Yeah, so fast, so fast. Now, in a in a, while, in a in a while, I will. Um, when when all of this information is made relevant and or made uh, widely, <laughs> widely accessible, but in the last ten years, um, I can't be mad at a parent for doing that. Like no. I would have done the same thing. Um, I really can't. We don't. No. We didn't know. We still don't know. You and no. I are just asking questions. Um. But it's um, it's real. Like it's a real exactly. issue that we're seeing the the effects of. And, we're, and you and I are trying to take stabs at maybe what the causes have been. Um,
0: but that's yeah, no, I I'm with you 100 uh, yeah. percent. Yeah, man. I mean, I've seen it with with my friends that are parents. It, it's 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 just that simple. And they'll even make like sometimes comments like, well, I know I shouldn't do that, but I'm just like, yeah. well, we're all figuring it out, man. It, it, you know. I don't, I don't understand this and, and I don't understand your perspective as a parent, but we're noticing some things like stuff. What are we going to do with that? You know, I don't want to step on anybody's toes, but at the same time, I, I want the best, right? I want the best for my friends. I want the best yeah. for my friends, kids. I want the best for my students. And, and sometimes it gets a little personal. It, it, it just does. And I mentioned earlier technology itself is very personal you know, you try to take away somebody's yeah. phone and they will flip out on you. It's like, that's no, you don't do that. You don't take away my games. I I mean, I've even remembered as a kid, I had a Game Boy, you know, as <laughs> technology as that is, you know, you take away my Game Boy. I'm like, what in the world are you doing? You can't do yeah. that. That's my Game Boy. That's my stuff. So I'll, I'll say this real quick. I know we we got to get going here on the time, but. With my marriage, I've noticed that, particularly with me and my phone, that I could spend hours on my phone sitting next to my wife, and I don't think she would mind me sharing this, and I could be completely ignoring her. We can be together and and not be together at the same time, right? Where My mind's completely in a different place. I'm locked in on what I'm doing on my screen. and. I can't remember what it was. I think it was a podcast or something I was listening to, and they were talking a little bit about how um, having a phone with them all the time is just kind of this weird thing when you stop and you think about it because the phone is really a computer, right? And when I grew up, I mean, a phone that you would call people on was attached to the wall, and it could only go as far as that cord allowed it to go. And so if you wanted to use the phone, well, you were there. and and there was a designated spot to use the phone. Same thing with the computer. If I wanted to go and use a computer, even when we got the internet eventually, you know, I had to go to that particular location. And then when I got up and I left, my mind, my focus was on other things, whether that be my homework or whether that be people, my parents, my friends, my brother, whatever the case was, that thing wasn't right there to nag me. Right. And so I started just kind of as an experiment, I started trying to be still with my phone and trying to actually treat it like it was that phone attached to a wall. Like it was that huge block of computer that I used to use when I was a kid that I couldn't move from point A to point B, B easily at all. And so I would just leave it in my office. And, you know, wherever I went, I knew that's where it was. And whatever came across it I would check it out when I got there and my wife it was so funny she noticed the change instantly I didn't get it at first but she actually said she said since you've been leaving your phone in your office I've noticed that you are more talkative you have conversations with me I noticed that you are more helpful she I, I don't even remember doing this but she said I actually went to the kitchen <laughs> and did the dishes which is something I hate to do I I, I never do it but I went and I did the dishes and she was just like, so imp- I know this sounds, wh- I'm sound like a horrible husband. Well, was I was like so it was little things. I wish
1: I had someone to surprise me by doing the dishes. Um, especially right now. That, <laughs>
0: <laughs> but that's okay. Oh, ugh, sorry, Ryan. But that really made me, th- that really made me think like, I didn't even think I was doing anything, but. Is that the hold hmm. that, that my technology has on me? that when it's not with me, I'm actually a better person. And that's just for me personally. Maybe you're not that way. I don't know, but I can testify as a person that's actually done this that that worked. Now, I got to admit I've gone away from that at this point and I'm trying to get back into treating my phone like that huge computer, like that thing attached to the wall. It's going to free me up. I know it is because I've experienced it before and and that in in that instant i was just like this is what this is what it's supposed to be this is what this relationship is supposed to be i'm not distracted by these things that honestly I, and, and we all know that the stuff that we spend our yeah. our time with when we pull out our phone right i'm going to say that a very very small percentage of the things mm-hmm. i spend my time with is even like helpful at all <laughs> it's mostly just it's entertainment stuff that it, it's just ridiculous. It's just, yeah. it's just stuff that I don't need in my life. I mean, I, I definitely don't need it as much as I, as I need a great marriage. <laughs> so, you know, talking about the family, I, because I think our church value, I hope our church values the family as much as I believe it, it should. And, and from what I've seen and talk with people, they, they want to value it. I, I, I just feel that we need to really, Be careful and guard ourselves well, particularly with this thing that, again, can seem so beneficial, can seem so helpful and good. Is it completely that thing or do we need to figure out a little bit better how to use it so we are only using it for those things and making sure that we are really protecting ourselves from something that I think is a bit – can be a little bit sinister, honestly. The stuff that slips underneath the radar, we don't even know, and it begins to change us slowly but surely. And I, I don't yeah, want to see that. I, think, I don't want you know, that. You, you before, said you for used anybody. the phrase
1: "better person." I think I would. I would actually change it. And I would say, um, I think it makes you a more present person. Um, and, and I think, um, I think it just makes you more present, more intentional you about Being your present, interactions. Yep. I mean, I look at I look at my phone. I mean, granted, I live alone. There's not exactly a lot of family for me to talk to right here, right now, in person. Um, but I look at my phone, man, I've got games on there where on one game I'm on like level 390 and on another game I'm on level like 120 and another game I'm on level 400 and it's like, how much time did it take to pass 400 levels in two different games um, and a hundred more in another? Like that's, it's, there's so much that yeah. I'm being present with my phone I and mean, I'm not being present in the relationships in my life.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it- And and maybe to a degree, that's okay. Like I don't, I don't know that that's even necessarily a bad thing. The only time that I may, because we all spend our time doing something, right? Something that we enjoy. If it's if it's not a game, it's it's something else. It's all we all. That's okay to have. Yeah, frivolous, right? But, and maybe that's okay. But again, is it good for me? Is it good for my? relationships like you were saying is it good for my community am am i becoming like you said i love that term of more present person where i can actually be aware of the things happening happening around me because that is i mean good grief the christian's got to be present if the christian is not present (laughs) you know jesus himself present he is so he's like the epitome of being present that's what I want to be, man. That's what I want to be. If if I'm not that thing and there's something in my life that's taking me away from that. So, yeah. Okay, so we I, have I think you. we've
1: asked a lot of good questions. I think we've had a lot of good conversation. Um so, you know, as 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 we kind of wind down here, what do you what would you have as some practical suggestions maybe that people could um could could either start doing or or potentially just think about doing. I know the first one is asking the question, is this as good for me as I think it is. I you know, I think that's it starts there. Um, but, but what would you say are maybe some suggestions um, that you would yeah. have?
0: Yeah, I mean, this is difficult. I can only speak again from my observation, from my experience. I can only recommend something to some because I don't have any solutions. But I do have some thoughts. You know, I do have some ideas. And what's worked for me is, again, how should I say this? kind of creating compartments in my life where this thing is for this and it stays here and I use it only when I'm there. And then when I, when I leave that place that even that physical place, then it, it's not around to own me anymore. If that makes any sense. Like, honestly, I kind of see it like as the Sabbath, you know, you are purposefully and deliberately setting aside something for your benefit your walk with god for your walk with other people for for fellowship for service and you do it deliberately like you have to be deliberate about it and that's one of the things that all of us struggle with i think particularly now because there is so much stuff going on just being deliberate enough to slow down and to say this thing is going to stay here whether that's physically or metaphorically or or whatever it looks like in your life. For me, it had to be a physical thing. It's going to have to be a physical thing. I will, I can't have that thing near me if I'm actually going to make a change or a difference in my life. Right. I know that. So, you know, being honest with yourself and and actually being able to sit down and evaluate, I know (laughs) self evaluation is usually like the worst form of evaluation, but if you can be honest with yourself and say, okay, yeah, I, I really actually don't like that. I spend this much time on that, that. I think that's the first step. And then from that point on, I think it's like, a it's all about education, right? It, it like, well, okay, how do I do this? Practically, how do I do this? And, and I mentioned this earlier, but why should I do this? How will I be a better person? How will my relationships be better? How will my walk with God be better because of this thing that I'm doing? If I can understand that and I can explain that at the yeah, drop both, of a both hat. Work.
1: I think both work, but yeah.
0: Drop of a dime, what is it? Drop of a hat, right? Yeah. Oh. Ooh. Okay. Then I'm right twice. Then that's that's something. Because I'm always impressed by people that even if they if even if I completely disagree with them on something, they can just rattle off. Boom. They can tell me why they believe what they believe and why that's good enough for them. Again, I can completely disagree with them. i just like, yeah, there uh, are times I'm afraid cool. to you disagree know with someone because is, so. I know they're more well-versed right. in the subject I love than that. I am. And, and- <laughs> like, I get it. Like, <laughs> but it's not even, but it's not even yeah, that. I mean, it's, yeah. it's just, it's just like, I've done this in my life and it works. It's good. I know we're all looking for good things, you know, buy into it. Uh, buying's huge, man. It, it's huge. Cause you know, if you if you try to make a change and you're not sold on it, if you're trying to make a change in your community, your community is not sold, on it, or your school or, or church or whatever it is, mm. I mean, yeah, as a pastor, you should know buy-in's huge, right? You, you got to get people sold, and and how you do that, I think again, kind of goes back to that education, actually being able to well describe how either giving up something or or bringing on something. Or steward in something or whatever it is, how that is actually going to make a real difference in their life. Not this superficial thing that's just like not even really a thing (laughs) that we use to divide each other up, but something that actually makes a difference, something that people are going to look at and say, I can Mm. what is different about you? That's I love that question. When somebody asks me why, you know, how how can I be not how can I be like you, Janetsko, but it's like, I want what you have. I mean, that's, that's awesome. I love that because there are so many people out there that, that, are, that are involved in things. They have no clue the extent of damage that can be done, right? That, but they're in it. They're in it, and they don't know. They just know that there is something better, and there are people out there that are exercising those, those better lives, those abundant lives that I believe Jesus talks about, you know, having an actual good yeah, yeah. life. This is what they just didn't die for this yeah, that, <laughs> that you can like destroy you know, think, somebody on Twitter. Me, like, um, come on. <laughs>
1: you know, One thing I'm going to start doing, I think I'm going to buy an alarm clock um, and, and get my phone out of my room at night Um and mm. um wake up with an actual alarm clock and say, cause mm. that's how I just, having I have my phone next to my bed is I use it as my alarm. Um, like, yeah. Yeah. No. For real. No, uh, that's but a whole I, other conversation, right no, there. I think, I think right that's there. a step I'm going <laughs> to. I'm looking at myself through the, the framework and the lens of this conversation and, and screen time, and you know, I think that's going to be a big one. Is is compartmentalizing my phone use and, and how I use it and where where I keep it throughout the day, which is going to be painful for a while. <laughs> yeah. Uh, until I get used. To it.
0: And. And you and you know what that's that's where I think we can all do a better job at creating a good support system. And I think that, you know, even if the church isn't coming in at like education and creating buying and stuff like that, which I hope that it does, it's my intent, even here in the Dayton area to start getting that conversation, going and present some stuff that we're finding, but if nothing else, create some kind of support system where, you know, we're modeling good technology and screen time stewardship we're creating a, a culture where it's actually okay not to have your phone with yeah. you, where it's actually okay to slow down. I, th- I think that's huge. I think that's huge when you've got someone else that's there for you to make sure yeah. that you're doing the good things in life, right?
1: Accountability, yeah.
0: When you got that buddy or whoever it is, or, or again, that church or that, that congregation, that, that accountability partner, whatever it, whatever it may be, because then then you don't feel alone. You don't feel alone, and, and and that's that's big time. So I'd like to see that. You know, I, again, is that a solution? I I know it's been a solution in other cases. Yeah, well, maybe this um, is.
1: Maybe just this is thanks so much for coming on. Do you have uh, do you have any final thoughts? Anything that you want to kind of close with uh, before we before we end this interview?
0: I mean, I, I, I with everything I would just encourage people to keep an open mind. I mean it's it's not an easy conversation again because it is so personal. People become quite offended <laughs> sometimes when you talk to them about how much they use their technology and how they use their technology. I've been, you know, on the receiving end of some of that commentary <laughs> and uh, I've been like, well, you know, forget you, dude. But if 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 I'm slow to speak, <laughs> quick to listen that has changed my perception of of screen time technology it's changed my perception of a lot of things but i'm listening you know i'm listening now i'm i'm, I'm keeping my eyes open I'm, I'm i'm having conversations uh even at school with the kids and it's so interesting like they, they all sense it they all sense it it's, it's really funny because um this year, and I did this uh, last year at, at, in, in Atlanta, where I taught, but this year here at Spring Valley, we've um, gone to a no cell phone policy. And so we've actually, we take the kids cell phones, and, and at the end of the day, they return to them. And, you know, it's it's so interesting to hear them talk about that. And of course, you got people that, that hate that. They're like, well, I wish I had my phone. And I was like, well, yeah. But then you got some other kids that are on the opposite end of the spectrum. They're just like, I feel liberated. Uh, things are different when I don't have my phone. And you mentioned being present. I, that's one of the things that that they're able to say. You know, I'm noticing things I haven't noticed before. I I do feel more present. And so you know, just 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 to keep an open mind on that kind of stuff, because you've you've got like I said, actual students in our in our church schools that are kind of <laughs> in a way having to be forced to have an open mind, but still some of their attitudes is just like, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to take this and learn from this. I'm going to, I'm going to go with this. I'm going to see what's at the end of this, because if we're doing this for a real reason that, that actually makes a difference, a real difference that's beneficial and good, then I'm going to wait this out and see, I'm going to go on the journey. And I think so far we're, we're seeing some really wonderful things happen because, you know, we, we made a decision. Yeah to embark on this journey you know so you know it, just being open-minded just listening just not assuming that you have all the answers or that even life is going to be horrible yeah. if you end up changing something uh, i agree some i uh, definitely right agree now. so thank thanks thanks Justin for sharing that and hey um you you
1: you don't hear this yet uh you will when the episode goes live Yeah, but man. thank you for uh absurdity's new music uh <laughs> Uh, super excited to have that out. So that, that actually is, oh, is, yeah, is going to be, uh, revealed and, and, and released with this episode. So, um, super excited to so thank you so much for that. Um, thank you for, for sharing your life and, and, nice. and your journey with this topic. Uh, and man, I look forward to having you back on soon for, for whatever else we want to talk about. Maybe a mm-hmm. part two to this. I don't know, but, um, we'll figure something out. I want, I want to have you back on sometime. Um, so thanks.
0: Dude. I'd I'd love to I'd love to spend like a whole episode on just social. Oh yeah, there's so many. We could things do a whole series on it. To be that.
1: honest, I know uh, listeners be like, "Stop telling me not to use Facebook." And I'm like, "That's not what I'm saying." Absolutely. Uh, but you're right. Social media is its own monster. It's a it's a beast all of its <laughs> own. So I um I yeah. Um, looking forward to having you back on, man. But take care. Thanks so much for yeah. uh, for coming yeah. on.
0: Yeah, man, Ryan. Thanks for having me.
1: So I hope you enjoyed our conversation about screen time technology and and how we've we've let technology kind of just creep up on us and and what that means about how we should steward it better, how we should treat it better in our lives. And I think whether you're a person of faith or not, I think there are some valid points here that are worth considering just from a habitual and addiction standpoint, um, objectively speaking there. So definitely take a look at it, Um, look into your own life and see, hey, how can I use technology better? I do want to let you know, it'll be in the outro of every single episode from here on out, so you'll be able to skip it if you want, doesn't matter. Um, But we do have the Patreon, and I didn't give you the URL earlier, but it is patreon.com slash absurditypodcast. So if you head over there, you can get all the information you need to become a subscriber. And thank you so much if you do. I really, really, really appreciate it. Every single dollar helps. So thank you guys so much for listening to Absurdity. You can find us on iTunes, any kind of podcatcher app that you listen to or use, you can find us there. If you do listen to us on iTunes, please leave a review. Uh, All reviews help me out a ton. uh, Give me visibility and otherwise you can just search Absurdity and you will find uh, this podcast. So thanks guys so much for listening and I will see you next week.